Welcome back to season 2 of Showing Up. I'm Yao Ling and I run Foreign Policy Design. Showing Up is about uncovering what it takes to get to where you want to go and learning across the different fields of design, business, tech and the arts. We will share stories and journeys of founders and entrepreneurs. Hopefully we can help instill learnings, spark inspiration and celebrate the human endeavour and spirit. Today we have a special guest, Victor, who is a designer turned ice cream entrepreneur. He's here to tell his story. Thanks for coming, Victor. So maybe you can do a quick introduction of yourself to the audience. Sure. My name is Victor. I'm a partner for Creamier and Sunday Folks and uh, at the site I run a design agency. Great. So how, how has your day been today? As with all business owners, it's been a long day. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. You know, even though you plan your day, things come very quickly and you just got to, you know, get things going. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> Looking forward to the weekends. What, what was your original plan and what actually happened? As with most plans, I, I, I prefer to just sit down and get my work done, but it never happens that way. Chances are you get put for meetings. We had a sudden impromptu uh, interview at, uh, at a new shop, Ion. So we had to go down and make sure that everything is okay. Then my contractor put me aside and said, Victor, you need to settle the tiles. You know? So I had to drive down all the way down to, uh, I think it was near Bedok area. Yeah, so it, it never happens the way you plan, but you, you still got to finish the work. So we should explain why, you know, usually the working hours tend to be a bit more elastic. And you work longer, <laughs> you work longer than you actually expect to work in a day. You mentioned that you'll be heading back to work after this, uh, so you, and you work till 2 a.m. every day? 2 to 3, I try not to, but uh, like we were, the kitchen is rushing products at the moment. So we're sending out, uh, the, we had the order from RWS, so they told me that it's ready, but at this hour there's no driver. So I'm going down to the central kitchen to collect some things and send it to the office. So yeah, and then I'll probably finish up some paperwork, finish the emails, check my replies from my staff. <laughs> <laughs> How did you transition from a designer, right, to an ice cream oh, you, magnet? You, no, not magnet. You, you never expect anything though, I guess. You, we, we did it quite unexpectedly, actually. We shifted to Topayo and we said that there wasn't a nice uh, cafe or even ice cream or coffee to drink. So previously we were based in Chippy Garden, so there was everything there. So when we saw this small little shop as business owner, always business idea, hey, we should open something here. <laughs> so yeah, it's across my home. And probably the most friendly thing was uh, ice cream because we wanted to do something that makes people happy. And being a father of two or so, I was like, hey, yeah, it's, it's nice though because we, we kind of like the fact that, you know, it engages the community. You're doing something that uh, makes people happy. You know, it doesn't seem wrong when you just started though. It's like, oh, it's... until you start running the business. Then you realise, oh, this and that. And you realise that uh, it's not so straightforward. But yeah, I think the transition was quite, quite, a, quite a huge jump. You know, we used to be still running the agency at full, full flow. So my partner comes in at 5am to make the ice cream. My wife comes in in the afternoon to take over the shop. And I'll close the shop, in fact, for, for the first six months. So I was like finishing my work, grab a quick dinner, take over the shop, run the shop until around 8, 9. Back then we closed a bit earlier and uh, by the time I reached home, it's around 10 to 11. So it's like, you really need to speed up <laughs> because you know 
to be at the shop at seven. So I got to take over the whole running of the shop. And then the kids were still very young. I think they were three, two to three years old back then. So that was really no joke. So you sacrifice a lot of time and uh, there's a lot of sacrifice, I guess, as uh, when you try to do something different. I think it's, you get so comfortable doing what you have been doing for the last 10 years, running agencies and doing design work. And suddenly you have to change it. You have to like, oh, uh, operationally, you know, what are we buying ingredients? You know, who is doing the shift? Who's running the shift? You know, do you look into marketing? Do you need to do, uh, there are a lot of things that suddenly come to our mind. And, Wow, you're also being the staff, you're also being the boss, you're also doing the finance, which, uh, okay, I don't do the finance. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you carry many hats. And I think you just need to be uh, adaptable, I guess. Change, I guess. So that was like you were running them concurrently, even yeah. at, the, at the start. Yeah, even at the start. So, yeah. That's no joke. <laughs> no joke. And the kids. You know the days where you just sit down, what have you got yourself into? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke, you know, it's like, oh. But we were prepared because we, I think we, the upfront cost to set up wasn't, wasn't cheap. You, you had this expectation and when you go in and realise that, oh, you need this much more. And so from like maybe you're thinking of maybe 50,000 became like almost half a million kind of investment because of the equipment. And being designers, we always say, oh, we must do it, you do it properly, right? So you cannot buy the lousy equipment, you must buy the best coffee machine. Buy, not say the best, but you know, the most important machine, your ice cream machine, you've got to get a good one. So there are a lot of uh, huge, huge learning curve. Not having been inside the F&B, I think the change was actually quite, not just for me, I think my partners too, so. Oh, your uh, partners are not from Except F &B. for Audrey. Audrey was also a designer, but she was trained in, as a pedicure. So for a while, and that, that, that was why we wrote her in, because we need somebody with the knowledge of the kitchen. I think without any experience, it's going to be very tricky. Yeah. So we actually spent like half a year trying to learn how to make ice cream and uh, create our own formula because we do not want to do the cut paste kind of thing. So there are a lot of options where you could just buy the mix, the, I call it the pre-mix kind of thing. You put chocolate, it becomes chocolate. You put vanilla, it becomes chocolate. So there's this base flavor that uh, people who are not, how would I say, not too crazy to experiment or not willing to you know, do their own because there's a lot of calculations involved in uh, making ice cream. So we... We, do it, we did it that way, so we spent like half a year inviting friends over to the studio, brought all the ice cream over, you know, <laughs> do tasting sessions while you're running the agency. Yeah, no joke, no joke. <laughs> now they remind me of this. And your yeah. kids were two and three. Yeah, two and three years wow, old. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, actually, that was the hardest part. Yeah, coming back home and then they are, by the time I come back home, they're in bed already. So we try to spend a bit of time in the morning, but we're lucky we had our in-laws to help, so that was really a godsend. It's, which is why I was staying at Chao Chukang for a while because I really need my in-laws to help to take care of the kids. Yeah. The drive was crazy though. Chao Chukang to Holland B, where my old agency was and the kids were still studying there, to Topayo. It's like an hour's journey, you know, on the rainy days. Oh, I just go back and forth. <laughs> so you become a bit numb and say, let's go. Can you, can you describe a little bit? I just, by hearing what you're saying, I'm starting to form a mental picture of your work Ethics. How do you how do you describe your work ethics? Probably coming from a point where I always believe that nothing cannot be done as long as you don't try. As long as you try, uh, until you try hard enough, then you realize that if it's really not doable, and that's where you realize that okay, I should stop doing it. But uh, if you don't try, you know you, you never know. So it's like trying to power yourself as much work and you see how much you can take it. And being at the age of I think back then was thirty something, you you still feel like you could do a lot of things. And it's a bit of a waste if you know just 
I wouldn't say that you know, it's wrong to keep doing the same thing. I, I kind of enjoy doing it, which is why we still do design. But uh, the fact is that if you don't try to change, you know, the challenge isn't there. <laughs> and that's that what we would say backside itchy. <laughs> Want to do something different. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, as, as always. Uh, but you, you do learn along the way. Uh, and it's, uh, we realize that uh, it's useful to have a group of community and friends who actually are there in the same industry that uh, actually can share things with you. So it's, you're never doing it alone. If you choose to do it alone, then you're in trouble, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, such a big dramatic, not dramatic, but such a big pivotal move, right? From running a studio to running an F&B ops, where you have to figure out a lot of things. Obviously, you have grown a lot since. Uh, obviously, your journey has been uh, quite exciting, I'm sure. Um, have you found yourself uh, saying, we're fucked, it's over? Actually, thank God we haven't said that though. It was scary though. We were prepared to, for me, like I was telling my, my wife or my, my partner, I said that we will know that this business is doable within the first year. And by the second year, right, you should know in your heart like, that whether you can run this business. It's not too difficult, actually. So by the third year is where actually you notice a lot of business will actually fall by the third year because they'll decide that it just isn't worth the effort because you usually take this two to three years period. So thankfully, no, not yet. I hope not. I uh, hope we make the right decisions along the way. But uh, you never know, I guess. You need a bit of luck in business. Yeah. In your journey, which are your euphoric moments? I think was when we were forced to move out to Payo. It was quite quite dramatic. So it was during Chinese New Year, and uh, the landlord said we need to talk. I said, "Oh, okay. Is it the lease again? You're Lila. You don't need to increase rent again." So it's fine. But then she said, "Oh, we we need you to leave the premises because we want to." We the, the she said she's nice lady lah. She's an old grandmother, and I think they tend to sleep early, and our business is always night. So well, for that moment, I said, "Oh shit! You know, my God, we need to find a new place." But uh. Subsequently, when we start announcing, because we had we had a duty to let our customers know that we have to move out. We had an outlet back then, two outlets actually, so we're not too worried. But uh, Topai was always a bit more sentimental, so we were keen to find a place. But the moment the news came out, it was like, wow, we get so many uh, emails, you know, comments and uh, telling us that, you know, oh, we found a place for you, please come here, please go there. I said, yeah, to the fact that you run a business for, that back then was around eight years. You think that oh, it's, it's just a business, but then you realize that uh, we have people coming and say that, hey, I part at your place, you know, then I got married and I bring my kids here. So it became so sentimental that uh, you said euphoric. The moment when I went down and I realized that, you know, for the last one and a half months before we closed, the queues were amazing, you know. I was like, wow, in the afternoon, 2, 3 p.m., I was still queuing out all the way to the playground. I said, wow, okay, we must have done something right, I guess. Uh, but that was like, it's, it's touching up because we said, that, wow, so many customers actually willing to come down, you know, even though later we told them we found another place. You know, I hope they don't think we're scamming them, but it's true, we really didn't have a place back then. And uh, you realize that you, the business has become more than business. It, I think it, become, it has become a part of uh, the people, the lives of the people around it. So I think that was the part where we go back to early years where we said that what was the focus of the business, actually more on the community. So I think that it somehow works a bit. So yeah, I think euphoric. 
How do you keep yourself centered? You know, like this chip must go on, <laughs> and then this on. you're still doing your design agency. Yeah. When you realize that you're you're taking care of a lot of people, your your staff, the guys that's working with you, they they are a bit of your extended family. You realize that you know you can't let them down. You got to keep going. And uh, I think one of the reasons why we start doing overseas and expansion and opening shops was also mainly because of my people. So I think that we wanted them to, sh to feel that, you know, F&B is not a dead-end business, that, you know, there is a lot of opportunities, there's a lot of options that, that you know, being in the F&B. And the only way to keep people or make people keen to join you was to make sure that, you know, the brand is growing. They want to feel like they are with a ship that is moving, you know, not stuck in. Because we had the hardest time when we only had one shop back then. We, we couldn't find a full-time staff for the longest time because back then, if you, if you ask people to work in the ice cream shop, ah, where are you working? Ah, you work in the ice cream shop? You know, the parents would say, you get a, I got staff with degree, you get a degree, you work in the ice cream shop. <laughs> Regardless of what roles they are in, you know, they never, the parents may not feel it that way. So the whole idea is to change this whole image that you know, we, we are now pushing towards five-day work week for a lot of my staff, uh, even for the kitchen staff, which is actually a bit rare. Most of them work at least six days and it's full days. So we need to change a lot in the system to to make them feel like you know they are not just you know working, you know they have to feel that they are also part of the company, and this is the reason why we said that the ship must carry on. You know, whatever shit happens, we will take it, but the staff do not touch the staff. Yeah. How how do you how do you obviously your priority and is to look after the staff and the family. What about yourself? No, if they are well taken care of, I I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> You have to see the bigger picture. I think once you, as bosses, I think once you run the business, it's no longer just about you anymore. I think it's, uh, you, you have to force yourself to see the bigger picture, even whether you like it or not. I think as bosses, you guys would know also. And also to always sit down and say that, you know, what's our plan for the next few years? You know, how do we see the business grow? And what is our, not say strategy, but more of a, because the team also needs to know. So we have a deck for our guys also, you know, when welcome to Crimea, you know what this whole business is all about, you know, and we came out the line moments of happiness, you know, these are the little things that are, I would say, rooted. So for myself, these are things I'll do for myself also. Because you, you need to be happy with what you're doing. Otherwise, it's, it's all these efforts, uh, effort that you put in, it's, it's, it will come to nothing if you, you don't have a direction. Yeah. As a successful entrepreneur, um, each entrepreneur will have their own set of golden principles or golden rules. Um, and this could be like always be on time or you know, finish, making sure you finish up your work at the end of each day. Do you have any golden rules, maybe one or two, that you keep to or abide to quite religiously and because you feel that it's really important? Successful, I know. I think we're still trying and learning. But. Uh, that's one thing I always believe very strongly. If you want to do the things that you plan to do, you got to get it done properly. You know, you got to make sure that. Uh, I think the other thing is also integrity. You know, regardless of what you do, you know where you are. I think integrity is something that stays with the person. So we have staff that comes and go. You know, you know, you put in your effort. It's a very small community. If you don't do it properly, you know you you try to be funny or you have no integrity in what you do, I think that is the worst kind of uh, attitude you want. Uh, it's a very different, uh, how I put it, running an F&B and you know, running an agency, we have a very different set of rules, I guess. Uh, 
how would I put it, maybe in simple perspective when I was doing lecturing at TP, right? So you try to impose your agency kind of rules with your students. <laughs> they cry. They realize that, oh, it's very different. You need to be nurturing. You need to, oh, but with agency, you have to push very hard because you have no choice. You're accountable to the clients. You've got to get the shit done. So these are things that uh, I realized you need to be a bit more flexible. Rules change, you know, but certain things don't change, you know, integrity, getting your things done properly. I do not question you, you know, but you don't go under the table and do anything stupid, you know, that doesn't reflect very well. And end of the day, you know, I used to tell my, my wife, my partner, I said, we used to meet clients and we're happy. I said, oh, like, must always get the client. I said, but I said, even if you don't get the client, you make a friend, it's also fine, you know. It's, uh, it's part of being a person, I guess. Yeah. So in Chinese, it's I think that is uh, quite important. Hey, I can ask questions too, right? Can. <laughs> so how about you guys, you know, asking me questions on running of the business. For you guys, you have run the agency for quite a number of years. And I would say that you guys are doing a very good job. What is the motivation or even the directions that you guys are actually moving ahead? You know, I, I bet you got plans, you know, over the next three years. You used to be very ambitious. You used to say five years, 10 years. We, we have shortened this a lot because we, we know things change, like COVID happens and you yeah. never could expect that. So we shortened it to at least two to three years. We said that is more realistic. So how about you guys? Uh? Do you want to go ahead first? Well, I guess uh, Yaling is behind a lot of the studio's um, energy. Um, she's like showing up is her idea. Um, but what's really good about her is um, quite similar like you, like integrity in getting things done, she will make it happen. I think that has been very helpful for us. Um, in terms of clients, it's been quite interesting. I think generally the client has been, uh, over the years, been more and more sophisticated uh, creative uh, buyers. So they understand certain uh, requirements in terms of uh, change limitation and scope creep, that sort of thing. So generally that has um, been good. But the thing is the business is still pretty much uh, the same. It's still uh, providing design. commercial design, yeah. yes. Do you see a lot of change happening uh, in the next few years? Why, why I ask you this is uh, based on my experience. Okay, I've toned down a lot of design jobs that we do. So the last experience that I had was because we were doing our pop-up at Shanghai. And uh, I, I wouldn't do my own marketing there because it's, it's seriously scary. Uh, the agencies that I went to talk to and I meet and see the things they do, I was a bit like, wow. You know, the speed that they're doing, the quality that they're doing, and the efficiency that they're doing, I said, wow. And, and the whole change in terms of like the marketing tools that they're using for their channels sort of overwhelmed me a lot. I said, wow. No, I said, go back and say, oh, goodness. I'm a bit concerned because we, we know that we are, I would say we are more based on print first because I was a, more of a graphic design train. So my, my love is towards that, that direction. But I also noticed that when we started working, uh, digital design was already starting up. And my friends who did it did well, but I still love what I'm doing. So I said, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need to join you guys to do that. But, uh, but this change is something that is inevitable. And the move, moving of all this uh, industry towards a more digital platform is something that will affect a lot of studios and uh, mainly agencies that are doing very strong, more graphic-based. So that's why I'm curious also. How do you actually foresee and is, is there anything that you guys are planning or changing? I think towards? for us, what keeps us going? I mean, next year is our 15th year. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's quite a big milestone. And I think every 
few years, we, I think for me, I, 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 I'm never somebody who is, who will keep something status quo. Um, your question being what will change for the next few years, I really think, yes, it's, print is, I wouldn't say it's dying, but um, it, it, it will remain, but there will be a bigger role for digital media. And so, I mean, what's currently happening in my studio is, I mean, as we always encourage our, our designers to learn new stuff, you know, we always push them out of their shell to, to go um, do something new. So I think this, this, the last two years during this COVID season, um, we've been sort of doing a li little bit more on the educational side. You know, we, I mean, if you follow us, we did a summer school, we yes. did some kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, all these things. That's also, the premise is also because we are interested to take on these new skills, whether it's uh, programming or uh, some kind of motion graphic, um, tools that we want to pick up, um, as well as some other tools that will better inform us for design work um, in the digital di uh, era. Because especially during the COVID, right, a lot of the businesses have invested more in the digital side of things. So that's something that we cannot ignore. Uh, and, and like Instagram, SEO, all these things, right, these are things that uh, is, has been evolved and it, it will be evolving. And um, we're just talking about metaverse. Yeah, metaverse and all crypto. the business going. Yeah, yeah so, so um, these are things that we're still exploring also. I mean, okay. just yesterday, with Tim and I was just talking about that. And today, with the last meeting that we had this morning, uh, afternoon, we we're still talking about that because how do we integrate that to a project? It might seem very... Uh, forward, but it's really not because other people are already doing it. Maybe not in the design field, but uh, I think as a design practice, back to your question, um, I think we need to continue to keep up ourselves updated with all these tools. And I think uh, there needs to be the energy to not stop um, wanting to know more. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I really, for me, I truly uh, sort of, and inspired by you for, for, for you being able to sort of cross, cross over from a design to a sort of uh, a different industry and you, you made it work. And, and I think we've been trying to do that as well for um, since quite a while also. And that will, yeah, yeah. So we're also exploring that because I think as a designer, you know, right, we create brands, especially for us, we create brands for our client and most of the time they're very successful. And so we always ask ourselves, well, also, we can also solve business problems. We always, always give them business insight. Why can't we do it for ourselves? Lah? So that is always a premise for that. And very similar to you. No, you are your worst client. <laughs> yeah, we are. You are your worst. Yeah. You know, it took me the hardest time to do things for myself. I was like, when we opened Creamier back then, right? Yeah. I think only some people know. For the first month and a half, I had no logo on the shop, you know. My partner was like, Peter, I said, give me some more time. Back then, I still got all the design work, so I was, like, I was a bit pissed off because I was trying to create a font from scratch. I was like, don't disturb me, you know? And you are the hardest one. So actually doing for your own business, when you, when you are your own client, well, actually, it's the hardest, trust me. You become so critical, you, you feel like, you know, the decision you, you do is never good enough. 
you come to learn to a point you need to draw a line and that's okay go <laughs> you got to go already yeah you know there's no time because you got to just keep going yeah but yeah it's i think designers are we, we solve a lot of problems so yeah i always tell my staff we are problem solvers you know you need to be strategic you need to you know think a bit more than just and it's a wonderful job because it's anything financial banking well, financial is tough but <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, hope that answers your question. Yes, cool. Thanks for showing up and sharing with us your journey. Um, and how you punch above your weight. <laughs> that was really is punching through. Is there any um, closing thoughts that you would like to share with the audience? Oh, I haven't really thought about the closing thoughts though because the journey is still going on. And right now it's actually... For, for me, I think as all business owners, we are always thinking what is going to happen next for us. So we, we are constantly trying to, how would I put it? In the design agency, we say we look at what people do and then we observe and then we try to understand how things are going. I think same for any other business, same for FMB. We are constantly trying to understand that, you know, what we are doing now may work now, but, you know, maybe five years time it doesn't work. So it's not so straightforward. And we, I, I believe that if you, decide that just to keep keep to what you're doing is never keeping still is never a good idea so but that is the tricky part also you said punching above I said wow sometimes you're not punching it's like you have no choice but you have to do it because a lot of times it's not a choice anymore you, you, you can't stay and wait for things to happen so you got to make things happen like what you did with this talk I think it's interesting I was watching some of the show I said wow people need to hear from other people and I think the nicest thing is that you know I from, from this business or whatever business I've done, it's actually the community that we make. You know, meeting the people abroad, overseas, and you know, having to meet people from different walks of life, you know, running different businesses. It's always very inspiring. Just if you think that you're very tough, you know, you, you meet somebody else who do, who do even harder and say, oh, okay, actually you're not too bad. You know, you got your family, you got a business, you know, it's fine. You know? <laughs> you know, next day you wake up, you know, let's start all over again. Yeah. And, and actually that's the beautiful thing. Um for every one of us. We get a fresh start every day. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Victor. Hey, thanks thank you for having me. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Forum Policy Design.